And we all need that. We all need mentorship. We all need somebody putting things into us. We all need pastoral care, people who really are caring for us when we're hurting. And I believe we all need coaches who can help us see our issues anew, afresh, see from different perspectives, really dig deep, hold us accountable, uh, illuminate awareness, and then responsibility. Welcome to In the Room with Communitas North America. It's a time when we invite you to enter our world for a brief conversation and hear more about what we are passionate about as a missional and microchurch network. We also hope that these conversations will inspire you to think about new ways of being the church in North America. I am Leon Longard, the team lead for Communitas North America. My co-host in these conversations is James Cola. So grab yourself a favorite beverage, have a seat, and join us around the table. Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, In the Room with Communitas North America. I am Leon Longard. I'm here with James Cola, my co-host. You know, we typically get together and invite people to join us, watch, kind of like we're hanging out, talking about the things that are, we're passionate about in Communitas here in North America and some of the things that we do. Um, and I'm, James is going to introduce the uh, our guest in a minute or less, but <laughs> wanted to start out with just a little fun. Uh, this is like, this thing has started so crazy today. I mean, it's just like, I was out, um, okay, I missed two weeks ago and James, James did a great job covering. Um, and he said it was really busy week and what we were we were actually up in Minnesota for my brother-in-law's funeral and then also house hunting because we're in the process of moving and we're, we've got, we're getting, we're in those final two weeks of getting ready to sell our house in Indianapolis and head up to Minnesota. And we were just kind of like, everything's going on. It's a busy day for both my wife and I. And then she's like, Hey, let's go for a walk. I'm like, well, yeah, Hey, I want to walk around my neighborhood a few more times. And then we get about halfway around the neighborhood and I look at my phone and I'm like, I need to be home in 10 minutes. And so I'm booking the second half of the neighborhood just to get here. But then we all had our problems logging. That means this is going to be a great call. This is going to be a great program. And James is going to introduce our guest. So today we have with us Bethany. Bethany has been doing a lot of the coaching and like coaching training at Communitas. And coaching is just one of our best practices. And we wanted to share that with you guys and Bethany was the right person (laughs) to help us with that conversation. Uh, Bethany, would you mind just sharing a little bit of your story with us talking about how you got connected with Communitas and. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for having me, you guys. This is fun. So let's see, how did I get connected with Communitas? That was 18 years ago. I've been with uh, the organization that long in various roles along the way. And before that, I was in seminary at Azusa Pacific in California, and I was working with Habitat for Humanity, and I remember I was sitting in a class, I was trying to discern between um, moving toward missions and support raising, or this job doing, let's see, it was creating educational curriculum for a Christian online school. And so I was trying to discern between the two. And I asked a question in the class and that 
obviously gave away that I was trying to hear from God on a specific thing. And so one of the, my classmates uh, called me after class and said, Hey, it sounds like you're asking the Holy spirit for something, for an answer to something. And I said, I am. He goes, well, let's, let's go out here and talk about it. And so uh, he, we went out into the hall and he's like, so do you believe in, you know, prophets and miracles and, and that part of the church? I said, absolutely. He said, okay, well, what's your question? And so I shared with him, these are the two job opportunities. And I'm just trying to discern which direction to go. And he said, the Holy Spirit's telling you to move toward communitas. He's also telling me that you do not need someone else to tell you what the Holy Spirit is telling you. <laughs> <laughs> lesson learned <laughs> although i do believe in discerning together right but yes not asking someone else what god is telling us such a good lesson <laughs> what else do you want to know yeah um from there i guess i'm just curious can you describe to us like what the coaching model is and how it works yeah so um, the coaching models, there's many, many, many of them. You know, Keith Webb is one of our favorite delivers of uh, the coaching method, and he has one. Uh, there's other coaching organizations that are training coaches that have theirs. Kim Zovac has another one, which is like five A's. Uh, and so there's just many, many ways of going at coaching and branding a model of how do you move through a coaching conversation? How do you help uh, move a client where they want to be going? Um, is that kind of what you're wanting, James? Or do you want to know more about what is coaching in general? I think, yeah, let's hear a little bit more of like a general picture of what yeah. coaching Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. So um, coaching comes from the actual stagecoach word. And stagecoaches in history, right, have moved people from one place to another. And hopefully where they actually are wanting to go <laughs> and are paying the, the, you know, the driver to take them. The difference, though, right, is that the coachee is in the driving seat. The, the way that coaching works is that we're supporting a person to not only live out their best possible life, but discover and to live out their best possible life. So that's what the coach approach is doing. Um, there's a bunch of assumptions that coaches have. We believe that people are um, whole in a way, whole enough to advocate for themselves. We believe that um, people are the expert of their own lives and no one else can better instruct them in what they need and, um, and what they want. Also, the assumption, there's, there's a bunch of other assumptions, yeah. but basically it's really thinking the best of the other and that they can solve their own problems and really coming from that perspective. That sounds like it relates a lot with the conversation you had where the person was like, I don't think you need somebody else to tell you what the whole totally, thing Totally, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yep, absolutely. I love coaching. I think I discovered it just after joining communitas i met two coaches in the same year one in california and one in brazil and both of them got different trainings and were doing different kinds of coaching but they both 
spoke of coaching in such a way that was so winsome. It was so gratifying to them. They were really seeing people's lives change by them, by their own changing, you know, not because a doctor gave them a drug or something. Right. And that people were taking agency and taking responsibility and making decisions. And they just felt it was just really gratifying. And so, yeah, I wasn't shortly after that. I went to my own training. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I think that can we circle back and like we talked you talked about how you like got connected with Communitas. Mm -hmm. What has your story since then kind of looked like? Hearing oh wow. <laughs> hearing a little bit about like you like engaging a coach in Brazil and in California. That's just like making me want to hear more about kind of what your journey has looked like since yeah. us. Yeah, thanks. So I met my husband the exact same time that I was being wooed into the organization. And so I said yes to Communitas. And then about eight months later, I said yes to my husband that I would marry him. And the reason I was so delayed in that was because he's in the, he was in the service. And I was really trying to figure out, I have a calling to plant churches, a calling to be in Europe specifically. And I also am falling in love with a guy that I don't know can help me with my calling. And the Lord was just really clear um, to both of us that I can blend your callings. I can do great things. And so we believed him and we got married and we immediately moved to Connecticut and half my support dropped off <laughs> because everyone was um, expecting us to move to Europe and we couldn't get him stationed there. Yeah. And so that was um, a good time of learning, a good time of, um, you know, uh, taking the edges off of our sharpness, of our assuredness in ways that we're just not really in assured <laughs> if we really are honest with ourselves. Um, it was really a tough season, but a good season. The Lord knew that we needed that delay. Um, we were there three and a half years ish. And then we had a baby there. And then we, we did finally get a station for Steve's work in Italy. We moved to Italy for three and a half years and it was marvelous. The Lord just whispered to me, just try to keep up my love. And he just swung open the doors of relationship and in Italian and language learning, et cetera. And we were uh, blessed to witness and be a part of the, the birth of a, of a community there. And we were able to pass it on to Hillary Cummings, which is still one of our wonderful colleagues now that she gets to work with some of the people we loved and discipled and then even more. From there, we moved back to the United States and I was able to, I was asked to be the director of the Midwest and Leon and I were in relationship for a number of years. Uh-oh, James. Uh, disappeared. <laughs> yeah. There he is. And, um, and so that was wonderful. We also did a missional initiative on our street in addition to being a coach and a spiritual or like a pastoral care, whatever the leader needed and wanted. I could be a strategic coach or I could just provide pastoral care and witness to their, their work. From there, we moved to Singapore with my husband's job and we were there for four years. I, for about a year and a half, uh, tried to do what we did in Italy and what we did in Deerfield and tried to be um, relevant to the the national or to the Singaporean, but 
could not build relationship. And so finally, the Lord helped me change my strategy of really supporting the existing church and helping leaders just do whatever they want on behalf of their people. And then things really started sailing. And it's more sustainable anyway, right? They're going to stay. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm leaving anyway. Yeah. And now my husband retired from the service and we decided to move to Colorado and we've been here exactly one year. And the next role that I like to change roles, I like to grow, I like to try new things. In Singapore, I also worked with the staff care development team um, for the global perspective, not just the local stuff. And then here, um, I've been invited to champion dynamic adventure with Mike Cooter and to champion the coaching ethos, which is what we're talking about on this call for our organization. Does that help? Yeah. James, is that what you were looking for? That is great. Okay. So um, how do you think that coaching can be helpful to pastors, church planters, missional leaders? You know, because sometimes I think we get these different ideas of what, what coaching. I mean, James were, and I were even talking about this last week as we're preparing. Mm-hmm. You say coaching and people get to all these different ideas. I mean, yeah. you think football, you think Mike Ditka storming up and down the side, soldier <laughs> field, throwing clipboards. Um, yeah. Or you think the the James Carnegie slick presentation. Hey, how can you be successful? I gave mm. you three points and all that. But coaching can be so much different. I think what you've described is a lot different because it's bringing people out. They're helping them navigate their vision. So how do you see that helping pastors, church planters, and missional leaders? Yeah. I think, I think it's a powerful tool uh, that church planters and pastors and leaders can not only access, but can also learn and make a part of their discipleship. Mm -hmm. I think it's once I learned coaching, I didn't pastor the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't mean I didn't pastor, that I didn't teach the Bible, that I didn't mentor people, that I didn't. um, And we all need that. We all need mentorship. We all need somebody putting things into us. We all need pastoral care, people who really are caring for us when we're hurting. And I believe we all need coaches who can help us see our issues anew, afresh, see from different perspectives, really dig deep, hold us accountable, uh, illuminate awareness, and then responsibility. Mm Mm-hmm. There's in our training, we talk, we talk some about when we tell someone what to do, we're the one responsible still for that action. Mm-hmm. And then if the person goes out and does it and it doesn't work, they come back and say, your advice stunk. But if they come up with an idea and they own the responsibility, um, then if, if it doesn't work, then we pivot and try other things. Vice, this is, this stinks. This is, you know, what I, you understand what I'm saying. So we really want people to be uh, aware, uh, illuminated in ideas, motivated to make changes, and motivation comes when they're responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I, that's why I think not only leaders can everyone get a coach, <laughs> do it. You know, in our organization, we have quite a few trained ones, and we can set you up with them, and you can t- taste and see a bit of what it is. But don't stop there. Get coaching trained. Even if it's elemental, learning how to really listen well, 
learning how to really ask powerful questions that open people's minds up. It's, it is it's super gratifying to see people oh, lean in, go, oh, my word, write something down or commit and follow through with what they say. Yes. Um, and I'd say even I kind of, yeah, I'm thinking even veteran leaders can always use coaching. Um, I, I think, agree. Um, if they want to keep learning and growing. Right. And, and I, because I, I think, of, and everybody should know, Bethany was my coach for three years um, when she was the Midwest director. And um, there were just so many conversations that just helped me kind of focus on what we were doing here in Indianapolis, what we should prioritize, how I keep people focused on mission. And then there was, there was just the model of her leading, you know, directing the Midwest that then now as I'm stepping into this role of being the director for North America, I, I'm looking and going, wow, there's some things I can learn from Bethany in how she led the Midwest that I go, these are things I need to think about in how do I bring people together mm -hmm. and how do I encourage people and encourage ministry for all of our people here in North America. So, I mean, that's, that's the way coaching works throughout our, our lives. Mm. Thanks for those kind words, Leon. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> I, I would like to throw the question back at you, though, too. I mean, even more specifically in what you just said, how do you see coaching or how have you experienced coaching now that you told everyone? <laughs> We're not, <laughs> not confidential stuff, right? Um, but, right. yeah, how do you see coaching helping leaders and pastors and yourself? Were you asking James or? You, Leon. Oh, me. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Cause I was the one who asked this question. Um, <laughs> I think, I think it does. I think we, we get into situations where we can feel like we're, we have to have all the answers ourselves and, and the answers are probably in there, but sometimes we need people to help bring it out. Mm. Um, you know, after you, you know, the um, next coach was Shannon Murray, who was also, you know, part of our, still part of our community task, North mm -hmm. America and we'll probably be talking with her sometime about the work she's doing in Mexico. Cool. But there was a point where um, with the tiny house village project that we were doing here, I had this, we were just in this stuck moment of we were trying to find land. And I said, kept saying, there's this reporter who wants to do a follow-up story and I've got nothing to talk about. And I, I was like, unless maybe we do something about the, the, uh, the need for property and how difficult it is. And after about the third time, she's like, you've said that three times, like in three different appointments. Maybe that's what you're supposed to do. And that's what, so I was like, yeah, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. And we, <laughs> I went back to that reporter. I said, hey, you know, hey, I know I've been kind of putting you off for a story. This is where we're at. Love to, you know, if you want to take it from this angle, why we need a location. Story ended up on, you know, the latest segment of the, the latest news show that they have on that station and the pastor of the church where we're now building to circle city village his wife saw the story and, awesome. that opened up the, and it was like and that to me it's just sometimes i think it helps us believe in ourselves it's like we have these ideas mm -hmm. where like we need to hear somebody say maybe there's something there that you're actually supposed to do when you're inside we're going no nah, that's crazy that's stupid <laughs> Things like yeah. that, because I'm not the type of person that goes to seek out reporters. <laughs> and so it's like, I yeah. don't want to be on the news all the time. <laughs> so. I love that story. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Um, I think hearing your 
response earlier, Bethany, and hearing Leon's response, um, how do you think, like specifically within Communitas, what role is coaching playing within Communitas right now? Yeah, I think that it has permeated somewhat thanks to Kim Zovac. And I'm not, I have not done the majority of the coaching training for our organization. Kim Zovac has. And she has pointed people to other trainings as well. And some of us have just done it independently. Uh, our hope is, though, to distill what do we really want every single one of our leaders to know about the coaching method and the coaching methodology. What's the bare bones distilled version so that that can be given and then re-given and re-given again. And so that when we are in these situations where, okay, I'm discipling or I'm leading or I'm training or I'm recruiting or I'm doing whatever I'm doing in my daily life. If I find that, oh, the coaching tool needs to come out of the belt and draw out what this vision is or what this answer to a problem is or what to unleash a barrier, whatever, um, that all of us have access to that possible tool in our tool belt. So that's really my heart and what I would love to see uh, happen. To answer your question, um, also we have, I would say 12, maybe more trained coaches in all of our regions. So every region has access in their language to a coach. Um, in Europe, that might be a little dicey because there's so many more languages, but a lot, a lot of people can speak English there. So um, we kind of cover that basis, but we'd love to see more coaches in national languages yeah. as well. So, yeah, but that's, that's the, our heart is that this would be one of some of the other great tools that we use in discipling and church planting and leading and, uh, and growing. It sounds, correct me if I'm not getting this correct. Um, it sounds like a large part of how we are empowering, like not only our people, but our people's people. Like so much of our model is dependent on like reproducing, like yeah. churches multiply. And it sounds like what coaching does is not only equip like the leaders within Communitas, but it gives them tools to like build up their people so that they can be church leaders and mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it is built in, in some areas, right? Dynamic adventure. It's all over that. The way that we train to dynamic adventure, the way that we follow up coach to dynamic adventure, same with transitions. We try to coach people into cohorts through training and into the field. We don't just leave them out there. We provide coaching opportunities. We provide coaching opportunities when they transition, um, you know, on and on and on. Even Christine Van Team provides wonderful coaching to families um, and TCKs. And so it is in lots of places. Um, yeah. And I'd love to see it be mo more cohesive or more intentional or, yeah. I mean, these are great questions, James. And I don't know if I have a full picture yet of how I'm hoping to see it play out outside of everyone having access to the training and to learning it so that God can use it to um, create awareness, responsibility, and help people 
solve their, their problems. Go ahead. <laughs> Bethany, I was wondering if you'd be willing to um, share some stories that would give us a picture of coaching. I'm sure like removing names is probably important. <laughs> that, but I, uh, I just think that could be helpful having some like stories to get us excited about that and help us understand like what that's doing within Communitas. And... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Excellent. So I have worked with people who are starting something new and are nervous, are unsure, uncertain. There's so many things that they aren't clear on and aren't experts on yet, right? And so uh, it's a privilege to, to coach into such a fresh new initiative and time. And uh, yeah, and it's effective. It's helpful to not only be a witness, but to, to call out, um, like Leon's saying, call out what people are kind of sharing, but kind of holding close and try it. Come on. What do you, you know, and those kinds of things. So that's, that I think is, is a really key time in a, a wonderful time to, to get coaching. I've coached people in transition where they aren't wanting to leave where they are. I've coached people in transition who are very much excited to be going where they're going. And that's, that's a nuance, right? You're dealing one with sadness and grief and how do you finish well? How do you long to finish well? And then you have the other side of that. How do you want to enter? What's your strategy? How do you care for self? How do you care for your family? How do you care for those you're leaving behind perhaps? <laughs> so transitions, great opportunity as well. I've coached people in just how they want to show up. Sometimes people are tired and fatigued from things not working as they hope, missed expectations. And coaching is a great opportunity to re-breathe God's breath into them and re-energize and, and be someone's fan and rooting them on, believing in them that you're not done yet. What else? What else is there? What else is there? You know, so um, yeah, so that's been <clears throat> some of the fun communitas in the, I also have a, have had a business and it's very interesting outside of our organization to the people that you work with and, and get a chance to serve. And my hope would be that that's how we live our lives too, as we use coaching to help people, help people think through and help people process real life stuff right then and there with permission, of course. <laughs> it doesn't work when I try to coach my husband without permission. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've heard so many times different people who are trained in coaching and they're like you don't coach somebody who, <laughs> who's not asking to be coached <clears throat> yep. I, also my, I, my dad I think, yeah, I, coaching <laughs> with uninvited coaching yep 
Oh yes. Absolutely. My right. my kid my kids will look at me and go, Dad, you're trying to coach me right now. Don't don't. Done. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is um, one of the things that has been exciting to me about coaching as much as I've been hearing about it for the last like five years, I think is when I started hearing about it as part of Communitas's mm -hmm. idea, <clears throat> is that when I was first getting exposed to like Communitas's ideas, it was largely through Alan Hirsch and I was reading Alan Hirsch's work and I'm like, man, Alan Hirsch wants to ask so much of Jesus. <laughs> like if what Alan Hirsch is saying is right, we like are asking a ton from Jesus's followers. And that was like a really intimidating and a lot for me to like wrestle with as much as I really was passionate about things he was saying. <clears throat> and my exposure to the coaching model, um, it just seems like such a good way to like equip people and like take people from a place where they don't feel scared to carry the like their passion, the like things they're passionate about and the like leadership they <clears throat> feel called to. Like those conversations, the coaching conversations, I think <clears throat> help people see how they can achieve the things they're passionate about, how they can fill the roles that they're feeling invited into. Probably get things a little bit differently than they've mm -hmm. looked at things. Yep. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's expansive. The One of the ways that we describe um, coaching as well that kind of goes with what you're saying is we can only take, we can only lead people as far as we've gone ourselves. But when you coach someone, you can launch them way further than you could ever go. And I mean, I just think that's, that's powerful. That's motivating to me to, to coach because, um, yeah, I'm going to lead someone, but there's a limit with, with coaching. It doesn't feel like there's that same limit. They get to choose, they get to, you know, launch and, um, and aren't stopped by my experience or lack thereof. Yeah. Lot. So how do we, uh, how do we pass this on to people? Like, how do we, I mean, we talk about, we got 12 coaches here, but we want to see more people. How do we reproduce this? Yeah. Are, are we doing it, you know, well, type of thing? <laughs> Maybe would be the question to ask. Yeah. I, it, at this moment, it's aspirational. Uh, we are in the process of trying to figure out where, we want the easy, you know, like the easy pieces of where coaching fits. It obviously fits in onboarding. It obviously fits in dynamic adventure. It obviously fits in transition when people are moving here and there and, you know, wherever. So those are easy fits and it's already there. It's already being offered. And so now it's about, okay, this multiple multiplication. And that's what I was saying earlier of, can we create a distilled version? Because I mean, there's 70 hours of training that people get right before, and then they have to do a hundred hours of actual practice before they can even begin to talk to the international coaching federation for, you know, a certificate um, or title or whatever. And so obviously we don't want that bar to be that high 
we want it to somehow be integrated into other trainings we do or just like I said, distilled enough where we're just giving them what we hope they can easily use and then reproduce and mm-hmm. give that same coaching away in their cohorts or in their leadership teams and their um, communities and their small groups, for goodness sakes. So mm-hmm. we're just not there yet, Leanne. Um, but I definitely will be uh, initiating some of that building of that kind of curriculum and where we pull that from and who we ask to help make that happen. Um, yeah. In the same breath, I mean, get connected to coaches, uh, contact me, contact uh, any of the advancement directors in your region, and they, we all can connect you to, to someone. There may be uh, a fee, but it may not be that much compared to what mm-hmm. the going rate is for coaching. It's also a great side hustle um, if you are, you know, longing for another income in your repertoire. Yeah. It's, it's a lucrative, can be a lucrative job. Well, usually we kind of give opportunity if there's anybody, you know, that's watching on the Facebook Live, if they've got a question, they can comment, make a question there. Not seeing anything yet, um, but um, definitely want to say thank you, Bethany, for joining us for this conversation, because um, I think this is critical. Um, this is um, something we need to see expand. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing it on the, the international, like for all of Communitas, and we look at it on the North America level, and yeah, definitely what you're doing helps us in North America to um, increase our capacity to coach others and things like that too, and help people realize what their, what their, their vision is and how, what their potential is and what mm-hmm. maybe even just to see themselves doing things that they never thought they would do um, through just being there and being able to listen and help them discover their vision and their, their, their motivations. So I want to say thank you again for yeah, absolutely. Um, we will be back in two weeks. Uh, actually it'll be interesting. I may not be in, it's my closing date and be in the process. Wow. James will definitely be here. Bethany will be back talking on another topic because she, um, alluded to dynamic adventure and be joined by Mike Cooter to talk about, uh, we're going to do kind of mix in, in the next few, uh, couple of months, just different parts of what we call, uh, the dynamic adventure. It's the guide, these six dynamics that uh, we follow in communitas in launching missional communities and faith communities. And um, so two weeks, we're going to talk about embedding and initiating, which kind of lays the foundation for being a missional community. And we'll look forward to having Bethany back. We'll look forward to having Mike Cooter with us and uh, look forward to others joining us. But thank you. Uh, for being a part of In the Room with uh, Communitas North America. Thank you for joining us for In the Room with Communitas North America. In the show notes, you will find links to any resources we mentioned during our conversation. If you are interested in learning more about connecting and working with Communitas North America in our mission of starting and shaping faith communities that love like Jesus, 
click on the link for our website in the show notes to learn more and fill out the contact form. We hope you will be joining us again soon.